Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We've heard a lot in the past year about how the Trump administration's immigration policies affect families. But a recent piece in the Washington Post looks specifically at how the travel ban was affecting marriages by separating couples. Nine days later, one of the couples that was profiled in the piece, Detroit resident Olivia Cross and her Iranian husband, Yahya Abedi, were notified by American officials that they could reunite. The Post captured their reunion in Detroit in a piece that was titled, Trump's travel ban couldn't stop their love, others may not be as lucky, and that is sadly very true. The Post has received some 800 letters from couples who are caught in this same administrative purgatory. That's where we want to begin the conversation today. And we've got Olivia Cross and Yaya Betty, spouses who were separated under the travel ban and recently reunited here in Michigan. Here with us, Olivia and Yaya, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much. Also with us is Jason Rezaian. He is the global opinions writer for the Washington Post and author of two articles that featured Olivia and Yaya's separation and reunion. Jason, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks so much for having me on this morning, Stephen. So, uh, Olivia and Yaya, I want to start with you. Talk about how you found yourselves separated under this travel ban. What happened? Um, Really what it was uh, after the travel ban was enacted was just a state of mass confusion at the embassies. Um, There just wasn't the information flow that we had before um, and things really came to a halt and it, our administrative processing was just prolonged, um, unnecessarily. And, and what was the nature of the, of the separation? Were you, were you traveling? Were you, what, what was going on at that time? Um, really at that time I was focusing on school. Yahya was focusing on work and we were traveling to meet up with each other and see each other as much as possible. Um, so, and that isn't as much as we would like, given he's from the <laughs> Middle East and I'm from Michigan. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it really was, I would say, two years of intense separation with little bits of visiting in between. Yeah. Uh, Yaya, can you talk about what, um, what you encountered uh, when you tried to, to come to the United States under this travel ban? What, what did they say to you? Um, thank you so much for this uh, opportunity uh, to talk about this situation. Um, so after uh, my interview in uh, United States Embassy in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. they just uh, gave us the uh, same uh, message about your cases uh, on administrative processing and we should stay till uh, until we um, announce you about uh, your response about your visa so we just uh, was waiting about uh, it long term and it wasn't clear for us to understand what's going on in our life uh, nothing was clear truly and it was uh, so hard for us to just uh, you know so Couples have so many stories. Uh, and they just, 
needs uh, they are just uh, living with the, these hopes just waiting 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 and there is not any response mm. there was in, not any response from embassy mm. so so uh, one of the things that i think is is always true in situations like this is that there are kind of two dimensions that you're dealing with right there's the the sort of practical dimension of trying to figure out how to change the situation and get someone to pay attention and fix it but then there's the emotional side of it as well that you're dealing right. with that that this is this is your life and this is your partner in in life and you're separated from that person yeah, olivia can you talk about managing managing this from both of those perspectives for as long as you have um you know it it was one of the most difficult things I think I have done as an adult was um, trying to maintain my life here, um, understand what my goals were here, which is medical school. But then on the other hand, I'm thinking may, I might need to leave here and pursue these goals in a different country so I can be with my husband. And there's been so many times, so many events that I wish I had his support here um, that I wasn't allowed that just because we were separated. And it really came down to a lot of, I feel like, mismanagement on my part. It just, it was such an emotional time, you know? And um, I think really the only way that we got through it together was just constant communication, mm. really. Uh, Jason Rezaian, uh you've written twice about Olivia and Yaya. What, what, what drew you to try to tell this particular story, this particular part of the immigration story that's unfolded over the last couple of years? I've been following the story of the travel ban closely uh, since President Trump first announced uh, that he intended to do this uh, a few days into his presidency. Um, and it wasn't until last summer that the Supreme Court upheld the ban that affected um, people from several Muslim-majority countries as well as Venezuela and North Korea. But obviously, as somebody who'd worked and lived in Iran for a long time and who was married to an Iranian, uh, there was a particular interest in me, for me in covering stories of people that, that were one American spouse, one Iranian spouse, just as I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, when the, when the ban was upheld last summer, my inbox started to be flooded with these stories of people who uh, were in very similar situations to, uh, to Olivia and Yaya. And at first, you know, it was a trickle, and then within a few days, there were several dozen of them, uh, too many to ignore. And uh, I started reaching out to these people and, and spoke with one of my colleagues, Kate Woodsum, who is a video producer here at The Post, and, and we started vetting these stories to see, is this really happening? Uh, and it turned out that there was this great consistency between all of these stories. Uh, and after we, we spoke to uh, a dozen or so uh, of these couples, um, we decided on, on Olivia and Yaya and another couple, uh, Ricky Smith and his wife, Mona. Ricky lives in, um, in Milwaukee and his wife, Mona, is in Toronto studying, separated in the same way. Uh, they seemed like the, the two couples that, that were most uh, ready to, to tell their stories. Uh, and so, so we went and visited them and, 
and um, and told their stories and, and talked to the State Department, tried to get as much information about these cases as possible. And ultimately, what is being done to these couples um, is, uh, I believe, un-American. Uh, and as somebody who's been through this same process uh, of trying to get my spouse uh, the right to, to uh, reside in the United States, which has been uh, for decades a very normal and uh, kind of mundane procedure, mm-hmm. it just seemed very unjust to me that, that people were being treated in this way. Um, and, and as you mentioned at the top uh, of the segment, uh, hundreds of, of couples have, have written in uh, since uh, we, we put the first video out in January. And then the really happy reunion of Olivia and Yaya uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, you know, we want to keep hammering at this story uh, because it's, it's one that needs to be revealed. And this is not something right. that, uh, that my colleagues and I consider to be um, in line with American values. So, so I know in this in this instance, Jason, you are the teller of the story mm. and not the subject. But your own story in in this regard is is really interesting, as you point out. Uh, you're someone who's married also to uh, an Iranian, um, uh, but you also spent uh, four years as the post correspondent in Tehran, and you spent 544 days imprisoned by Iranian authorities. Uh, and I guess what I'm curious about is, I mean, that was an unjust detention uh, by a country that doesn't respect uh, the rule of law in the way that uh, we would expect here. I wonder how you feel like that compares to what the Trump administration is doing in the United States now. Well, in in most ways, it's apples and oranges. But what I will say is that uh, the intention of the travel ban, the expressed uh, intent of of this was to impose extreme vetting on uh, the citizens of those countries uh, affected, including Iran, who wanted to come to the United States. Um, As anybody who has relations with Iranian knows, for decades, they've had to go through already the most extreme vetting mm. when they apply for a visa to this country. So this was above and beyond uh, what was normal. And, you know, I think it's uh, part and parcel of U.S. policy that, uh, that really um, punishes Iranian citizens for uh, the misdeeds and transgressions of their government. And that's not right. Again, that's not something that stands up to uh, what most of us would consider American values. So, you know, I was treated completely unjustly in Iran. I was denied due process. I was denied uh, consular access. I was denied, um, you know, legal representation. All of those things are true, uh, but it doesn't justify a policy here in the United States of of keeping people who are legally married uh, separated. My guests are Olivia Cross and Yahya Abedi, spouses who were separated under President Trump's travel ban and recently reunited living in Michigan. Also with us is Jason Rezaian. He's the global opinions writer for The Washington Post, author of two articles that feature Olivia and Yahya's separation and reunion. We're talking about uh, the idea that this travel ban has split couples, uh, made it impossible for them to live together in the United States uh, and the Washington Post coverage of that struggle. If you want to join the conversation, 
information, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is always the numbers on the phones. Uh, tell us what you think of this kind of ripple effect of the immigration policies that the Trump administration has embraced. Maybe you're somebody who's involved in a situation like this. There's lots of folks here in Southeast Michigan, of course, who uh, have spouses who are from other countries. Uh, tell us what your experience has been and how hard it has been to get government officials to focus on it. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Olivia and Yaya, I want to have you talk about uh, how you were finally reunited. What 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 sort of broke loose in the bureaucratic system to allow that to happen? You know, I'm not exactly sure what um, the specific catalyst was that led to his visa issuance, um, but what I do know, it was sort of a building tension for me with the embassy, with the lack of information. And I continued communicating, sending emails to the consulate in Abu Dhabi, um, contacting senators. And I don't think it's a huge coincidence that, you know, soon after our piece was published in the Washington Post, within just days of that, his visa was issued. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a number of things that went into um, his arrival in our ability to finally reunite um but you know i i think the attention from the washington post absolutely helped and and when you were talking with the embassy about this when you were talking with other politicians or government officials what what were you being told just to be patient or essentially yes um i would receive the same form letters and over and over and over again from the same offices or different offices, just reiterating the same exact thing. Um, just wait. We're still undergoing administrative processing. This is normal. <laughs> it really was just a never ending trail of the exact same form letter. Yeah. Uh, Jason Rezaian, is there any sign since your stories? Of a reversal of these policies under the administration, given this toll that it's taking on on families who've who've done nothing wrong, I'm not going to speculate about whether the administration will make a reversal of the travel ban because I don't think it will. Right. But I think that there there could be some movement on this particular issue. Um, and you know, going back to the summer of 2018, when I first started tracking this trend. I had conversations with high-level State Department officials uh, that were seemingly unaware of this particular problem. Um, and I, I don't exonerate them of any uh, kind of responsibility in, in that, uh, but I do know that they can no longer ignore it. Uh, the Post has reported on this. Uh, in the last few days, uh, the newspaper in Seattle has reported on on people in that area affected by this. The Los Angeles Times is doing a piece on it. So, you know, they're going to hear about it more and more. And I've I've spoken to folks at state, I've spoken to folks at USCIS, which is our citizen and immigration service. Um, and I, I think that the, the career um, officers in these departments, in large part, are opposed to this, this ban uh, and especially opposed to keeping married people apart, because they've all dealt at certain points 
uh, with the visa process mm-hmm. if they were working in an embassy or working in the in the visa visa processing sections here in the U.S. Um, and I, I think anybody who has a heart realizes that this isn't right. Okay, Olivia Cross and Yaya Abedi, thank you both for being here with us on Detroit Today, and congratulations on being able to live together in the same country again. <laughs> thank you so That's much. Thank news. you so much. Yeah. And Jason Rezaian, Global Opinions Writer for The Washington Post, thanks very much. Thank you. you. All right, up next, we're going to talk with two artists here in Southeast Michigan who are working in the space between art and politics. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with a little more uh, pledge uh, drive. We're really close to that goal of $315,000, and we'll stop asking for money when we hit it. And then we'll be right back with more Detroit Today.